Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. I am your host, Mandy Beverly. This is a podcast for women by women. As we know, a rising tide lifts all boats, but sometimes we know there can be a few stormy seas. So when the tough times happen, the proverbial hits the fan, what do you do? Who do you have to become in the process? That's the real story, and that's remarkable. We love to tell the story of women that are a few steps further ahead on their own entrepreneurial journey. They know exactly what it feels like to be where you are. So these women are not only paving the way for themselves, but they're also paving the way for the women that follow in their footsteps. This is Remarkable Woman Radio. Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. I'm Mandy Beverly, and I'm here today with Susie Marsden, who is the co-founder of Amped Careers. So if you want to know how to love what you do at work and in life, then you'll want to listen to my interview with Susie. So Susie, welcome along to Remarkable Woman Radio. Thank you so much, Mandy. Um, so I've just been looking up, um, and I love your the title, um, Amped Careers. It's, it's pretty cool, um, the name of your company. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about um, how it came about and how you guys got started? Sure. We have been going for 18 months now, my business partner Sharon and I, and uh, we both of us have come out of um, senior leadership roles and um, organisations with a feeling that not enough people love what they do. And that sucks. We just think it's crazy. Um, I have been uh, alongside being a um, a general manager, also a coach. I coach my team and I also coach outside the organisations. And it's really, really interesting. You see uh, those who love what they do and the difference it makes to lead them, the difference it makes to work alongside them as a coach and how hard it is often for people to kind of get unstuck, but how common it is that people don't actually love what they do. Uh, And so that's kind of prompted both Sharon and I to think we'd love to do something about that. So that's how we started. I love that. And um, because I noticed on your website, you also say you help people find their way to work that they love. Mm. Um, How do you go about doing that without giving away all of the goods that you guys have got? (laughs) It's not rocket science, um, but it does take a a process, I think, and a framework for people to follow. Um, We use uh, design thinking uh, um, as the basis for the framework we've created for our program. Um, and And if you're at all familiar with design thinking, there are two sort of really important Uh, principles of design thinking. One is to um, really, really deeply understand the needs of the human that you're designing for. And of course, when it's your own life, that human is you. Uh, And the second one is um, come up with lots of ideas and test those ideas early and don't head in the wrong direction for, for two for too long and so which seems like a weird idea for uh for a career and so I'll explain that a little more so for in our programs what we do is we uh help you to more deeply understand yourself so we cover things like what are your values and how do values um play out in a working in your working life and I have to say for me personally um I think probably subconsciously over my working life uh, those values played a role, but not consciously. And, and I know that if I 
if I if I if I knew then what I know now, how much smarter some of the decisions I would have made um, if I had kind of been really conscious of um, of my values. So we talk about values. We help people to define their strengths. Um, we help people to actually tap into um, what impact they want to make with the work that they do. And, um, and what personal meaning they want to get from work. And that's hugely important. Um, and then also when you're kind of in the zone and when you're not in the zone, and then we help them put, pull all of that together into kind of creating a career brief, if you, if you want to use a business term or a career vision statement, if, you feel a bit, if that feels a bit more exciting for you, and then mm-hmm. using that to explore different career paths. So we get people not to think about just one potential direction, but up to three or even more. Um, and and that process of getting a little bit more creative really uh, helps to helps people to unlock their thinking. So we tend to, to say to you, to, to our um, customers, if you, uh, you'll have a potential kind of next logical thing that you could do so let's let's tackle that one first and then let's work through that and then what if the world didn't need any more of that what would you do instead and then the third the third one is you know what's your crazy plan if if no one was going to laugh you know what would you really love to do and 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 then working through those over a number of phases and that that's a wonderful creative process and then the really important bit is validating that so it's all it's great to have a prototype plan, but then go and find out if that really is what you want to do. Um, so we encourage people to to experiment with it. You know, I um, listened to a guy recently who said that he, when he was going through a similar uh, process in his life, when he was really stuck in his career and he didn't know what to do, he did 30 different experiments so he went and used all of his networks and connections he went and hung out with a friend who was an architect hung out with a a stockbroker you know and really got to understand what they did in their job and went oh yeah no I definitely wouldn't want to do that because x y z (laughs) and that kind of helped him you know and so that's what we encourage people to do to help you know really guide it because actually often we don't do we we think I'm going to do this next we start applying for those jobs uh, we don't necessarily do a lot of due diligence. And then perhaps we might find in a, f- a few years down the track, we're in the same place we were two years ago. Yeah, and that can be quite soul-destroying, can't it? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I love a, a couple of things that you've just said then. You know, like one is the value that, of experience that you and Sharon bring to AMD careers because, you know, for we all know from our perspective now, if we'd done something, if we knew what we knew know now you know um it could have been quite a different um a different career journey perhaps Mm, it's not mm, Um, mm. so that experience that you can bring to people's lives now and I think also when people are I mean the crazy plan I mean five years ago a lot of the careers didn't even exist you know so the crazy plan that they might think is crazy is actually it might be more mainstream in a few years' time as well. So I, I really like the fact that you actually get people to, to think outside the box a little bit and and just to, to dream a little bit and just to, um, you know, and, and bringing in impact and things like that into, into their vision of what they may want to do because, it you know, work is so important for people. It takes up so much of our lives. And if we just go to work to go, 
oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm just going to go to work for my boss and, you know, he doesn't appreciate me or or she doesn't appreciate me or whatever. It, it brings a whole different dynamic, um, yeah. which then flows through their whole life. But if they can go, well, you know, I'm fronting up for work, I'm doing something that's meaningful to me that I feel has an impact. But it also might be I'm just a little bit on the edge of my comfort zone as well. That can actually be quite quite good for someone, I, I perceive. Yeah. Work. Yeah, and the other thing we don't do is we don't black box it. So, I mean, one of the things I think is really important for us success is that if you kind of figure out what you want to do next, you will never need to come and see either Sharon or I again, you know, um, because you've learned a a process, you've learned that life skill of career planning that you can apply again and again. So for us, it's really important that uh, people experience uh, and understand that process of how to plan for their career rather than fill out a whole pile of online tests and get a report and that kind of tells you you could be this or that um, mm-hmm. but actually you you haven't necessarily um, you know experienced and stepped through all of the processes to get there so yes it's, it is really important and actually you you know you said um, some of our life experiences for me personally um, it was it wasn't until I was in my very early 40s that I was uh, very lucky to uh, go on a leadership development program and um, and it was the first time I'd ever thought about what uh, personal what what kind of personal meaning I get from the work that I do and what difference that I want to make and um, it's crazy, isn't it, to think that you can get to that age and not having had those thoughts. But I had always been the next promotion and the next promotion and the next opportunity and the next and the next challenge, like a lot of people. And yeah. it's been phenomenal for me to have worked that out and it has guided me ever since. And so we incorporate that into the program and, and for our young people too. So we run our programs for teenagers uh, as one of the, um, you know, one group that we work with. And um, it, so I'm kind of really excited that even though they're very young and almost a blank slate, getting them to think about the impact of work and what impact they might like to make and the the importance of personal meaning, and there's masses of research, research that backs that up, um, that, that will get them thinking as they start to experience their working lives um, uh, and come back to a way that they can create a personal meaning statement for them. I think also, you know, working with, with young people too is, you know, often they go, well, I go to school or I go to uni and I've got a part-time job and they think that's it, that's their life. Um, but actually to be able to extrapolate out a little bit more about their personality and who they are and what they're looking for and, and all of those things well, must be quite engaging for an employer to actually be on the receiving end of someone coming along looking for for a job or, you know, a career um, or whatever it is that they're looking for, just to sort of know that this person is engaged in the process Mm. as well. Because I imagine that that must make it a lot more, um, make employers a lot more enthusiastic when they know that, you know, who is coming in there is really wanting to make a difference in their company as well. Completely. And you get Absolutely, and you can see the confidence. Most teenagers don't have a language for this to describe their strengths. 
you know, they they resort to, you know, I'm 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 really good at science or, you know, I and I'm good at hockey. So they kind of resort to the to the things that they know, but they don't know to to explain that they're great at problem solving or, you know, that they have they have acute they have curiosity or that they don't have that language. So certainly that makes them a lot more employable and they feel so much more confident when they can turn up to talk to a, an employer and use that kind of language that is meaningful for for the employer i think that's brilliant so what you know what would be one myth that you'd like to debunk in your industry because that you know i'd be really interested to know the answer to that (laughs) well i think one thing is you are never too old to change uh, it would be one of the myths that often nice. people people who think, you know, oh, but I'm in my mid-50s, you know, oh, yeah, I don't have that much long to go. You know, I'll just keep on doing what I'm doing, but I'm not loving it. And that's uh, that's just a massively missed opportunity. And I, I often talk about Claude Stratford, who was the co-founder of Convita, the honey business, and he started his business out of his basement uh, when of his little house when he was 63 years old. And I just love that he started at 63 and he worked in that business until he was in his 90s and grew a successful, you know, several hundred million dollar business, which is which is wonderful. And, you know, it's the kind of story you hear about the Stanford University dropouts who do that and work in their garage, except he was 63 doing it. So I love that. Um, and I guess the other myth is, you know, um, it's hard to do this. It's hard to figure it out. It, it actually isn't. And it, I, as I have started to work in this field, I've been astounded at really how few people invest in their own careers. And, you know, when you think about it, over the course of your lifetime, after sleeping, working is the second biggest you know, time suck by a country mile. And yet, and yet we probably spend more money, you know, going to the hairdresser or, um, you know, a gym membership that we don't use um, than we do to think about actually um, how could, you know, what could my next move look like and what could give me more joy. So I, I think that's probably a, a, you know, a myth I'd love to debunk. I think those are brilliant myths, actually, Susie. And I was just sort of, sort of thinking that um, I remember writing a blog post years ago and, and, and that we actually spend more time planning our holidays than we do our lives. Oh, and, wow. you know, and, and it's true, isn't it? Because we'll yeah. think about it and we'll research it and we'll, you know, and, and um, we have a lot more certainty about that. But we're, if we just um, spend as much time planning a holiday, which is obviously a little hard at the moment as well, but um, as we do the careers and where we want to go, it might be quite insightful um, and and be quite amazing to find something inspirational to do, you know, to really engage people. Yeah, and I think I think there's a little bit of fear for some people too, you know, and that's understandable um, because it's a it's a big deal what you do, uh, you know, what you do in your working life is a big deal. But actually, if you if you've got a bit of structure around it, it can be incredibly fun. It sounds like it. I love the um, I love the the process that you that you um, take people on, and I love that you, as you said, you don't black box it. You don't put, you know, it's just like just think out the box because of, often we just do what's obvious. So I'm from the generation leaving school. It's like you're either secretary, a nurse, or a teacher. 
Um, and there were, you know, that was the obvious things, but there were so many other things that didn't even, you know, didn't even look at mm. um, for a variety of reasons. I mean, I've got three daughters and I found, you know, when they're trying to decide what to do, the, the choices out there are overwhelming. And I'm not surprised that people just get a bit paralyzed and they end up going, I don't know what I want to do. So, um, obviously, that's part of the process that you use with people, isn't it? That's right. And it's so normal. You know, it does seem overwhelming and, you know, it can result in young people, or not even just young people, up anybody kind of putting their head in the sand, you know, and staying where they are because they are paralyzed and they, you know, they just don't, they just don't know what to do. Or, uh, you know, or um, going for kind of safe options or safe or known options. And, um, and uh, yeah, and missing some potential opportunity. So we really believe that it's not important to, to know exactly what you're going to be doing in five or 10 years' time because you're right, Mandy, that could change. Um, and it is changing all the time, but it's really important to know, to, to kind of head in a direction. So, and that direction could be that you're really, really interested in human health. You're not, you don't know whether that's going to end up in naturopathy or, or osteopathy or general medical practice or whatever, but you really love, you know, human health. So, and that's, I think, where, um, where we encourage people to understand what direction that they want to head in and there's a quite a cool motorway analogy you know that you don't when you're young you don't really need to know the actual street address you're heading to um, you just need to know that you're on the right motorway you know and that eventually you're going to get into the right lane and at some stage you're going to land on that that street address and then you'll go to the next one but actually it's just mostly important that you you're on the right motorway and so that's what we're encouraging the kids to, to let go of the stress of having to know that street address and just know that they're actually doing something that they're really loving right now. I think yeah, that is so cool because everyone gets locked into I have to know and they have to have that that end result but they don't because there's so many twists and turns that happen and people you meet um, but unless you've got that little momentum, unless you've got that direction, then, you know, you, you don't go anywhere you know it's like get in the car and and unless you engage drive and actually point (laughs) as you say (laughs) and release the handbrake as well you know um then um then you you increase your chances of actually um moving so um no I love that That, that's pretty cool now you often uh, you often help um people who are needing um redundancy help or I was going to return it redirection help maybe (laughs) Um, yeah because that could be quite a um confronting time particularly you know people at different ages and things like that and and how do you find that um amped careers helps them yeah so we we work alongside organizations um who want to support their people who are going through a transition time um, and so we'll work with organisations. We might work with the whole team who are starting uh, an organisational change process and everybody is going to be experiencing some change, um, which may result in them staying in the organisation or or it could result in them leaving. And sometimes we just work with the people who are leaving the organisation. And, um, and pretty much the great thing about what we do is it's, it's actually the same process. It doesn't matter whether you're 
17 or, you know, 67 or 47 or 37, we pretty much support you in exactly the same way because a lot of people, even even well into their adult years, have not paused, taken stock of who they are and the strengths, the amazingness of them as a person, and then giving them that confidence and that real mojo boost to get them kind of, yeah, I, you know, this, this, these are the fantastic things that I have um, already in my kite. These are my strengths. These are my, you know, these are the things that I can take to another organization and then helping them to imagine, um, you know, what, what um, that next move could be for them. And then of course, the practicalities of, you know, making sure that their CV reflects that, making sure that they've got a great LinkedIn profile, making sure that they're really um, going to nail that job interview when they when they get it. So that's mm-hmm. how we how we help um, those people. And um, and a lot of people, it's a great even though it's a a sad time and it is a lot a time of loss. When you know and it genuinely is a time of loss when you lose your job. It's also a time um, of opportunity. So it it is a great pause moment to kind of stop and go. Actually, what do I want? And so for a lot of people, it ends up being one of the best things that happens to them. I think so too, you know, because I help people see a lot of the the benefits benefits of the negative things that can happen to them. Mm. And it's, you know, and sometimes they're so focused on the downside of it that they forget that there is a there's an opposite side to it too. And once you sort of engage, you know, their, their brain and they start looking at all the opportunity that's suddenly out there in front of them while they're so busy trying to hang on to what's what's no no longer there. Um, it is quite empowering. And and just as you were talking. And it's almost like you you help them design change for their lives. You know, it's it's a real um, it's quite a cool process that because um, if change is really hard, you you seem to put a lovely um, a whole lovely structure around the whole process of change, and and that must give a little bit more security to people as they're going through these sort of times. Yeah, it it is, and you know the feedback that we get from our um, from our clients is they. They love that structure at a time when things feel un- a bit uncertain, mm. um, and so it's a it, and they have that sense of positive momentum. So yeah, it's it's very helpful. And actually, we don't just do it for people who are leaving the organisations. Um, one of the things that, uh, and this is very true in these COVID times, that um, holding on to talent, organisations looking to hold on to their people is really. Um, quite challenging with closed borders and um, and of course the number one or number two reason people leave an organization is either they've got a mediocre boss or they can't see career development opportunities even when they exist within the organization so we're actually increasingly working with organizations to help their people in the organization develop a career plan so that they and their managers can support that person to grow within the organization and feel kind of a hell of a lot more fired up about the work that they're doing um, and and then therefore therefore keeping that person engaged in the organization for longer 
which I think is really is really inspiring um, to be working along really those. Mm, yeah, sorry. sorry, yeah, I, I just think that's really inspiring as well because one of the questions I actually had written down is how do you stop talented people leaving? I mean, because that must be um, quite um, quite destructive to the whole company if if you've got someone that's been you know quite key and instrumental and and um, in in different positions and they they're leaving because they want to do more. That's exactly right. And and this is this is a you know a truism in most organizations. Most managers have not received any kind of formal training on how to have career conversations with their people. And yet every year they have a performance uh, conversation. And there's usually a part of that performance conversation that says, you know, what kind of, you know, what do you want to do to develop further in your role and beyond? And it's often an incredibly awkward conversation because the manager doesn't really know how to have that conversation if they have it at all. And the individual's going, well, I don't blimmin' well know, you know. <laughs> and so it's kind of everybody wants to wrap the conversation up as quickly as possible and move on. And it's a real missed opportunity because there is phenomenal talent in an organisation and sometimes it's actually, uh, you know, helping them to explore their possibilities and their potential um, and, and making that happen. So, yeah, that, that's definitely one way. It's not the only way, but it's a really important way that we can help um, organisations keep their people um, and it doesn't have to be a formally moving into even moving into a new job or a secondment into something else. It could actually be um, helping them to expand the responsibilities in their current job to give them increased satisfaction. If only they, you know, if only the manager and the individual actually knew what that looked like. So yeah, it's there's there's definitely huge productivity and huge engagement lifts to be had. And um, and helping uh, those people have the you know have those conversations a lot better than they do today. Brilliant, yeah, no, I love that. I think that's so important. Um, so just you know, if we just switch gears a little bit, um, mm. I love finding out what has uh, or what or who has been influential in your life or your business. So, and I guess now with we're in um, you know sort of strange times at the moment, so we're all you know maybe doing a bit more research online or we're reading or listening to different things. So, mm. what do you, what's uh, what are you finding inspiring to read or listen to? to at the moment or to be guided by, I guess I could say. Mm, I love that question. And I have to say, I have the attention span of a gnat for nonfiction <laughs> books. Honestly, I just, I don't know what, what it is about me, but but I am reading a fantastic book at the moment um, on emotional intelligence by Daniel Goleman. And what super inspired me uh, is that he wrote that book in 2002 I was reading it going, God, this is fantastic. I mean, and we've been talking a lot about emotional intelligence and business for, for a while now. But, you know, he wrote that book in 2002. What a thought leader. And, you know, it's only reasonably recently that people like Sachin Adela, who's the CEO of Microsoft, is talking about the importance of empathy in business and the fact that he has made that a pillar of the culture of Microsoft and is now saying that he believes that that's a, a key part of Microsoft's turnaround success. And, uh, you know, it just you just think that's 19 years ago that he, he wrote about that and how long it sometimes takes us to cotton on to some of these what I believe are kind of really obvious um, ideas about kindness, compassion, and empathy 
um, for each other. So, yeah, so that was that's something that I've read that's really inspired me. That's amazing. Imagine being an early adopter of all of that. You know, we're just catching mm. the wave now, but imagine being the early adopter and and and, and putting that into the organisation. And as I, I'm sure many have, um, and just to sort of see what a difference that would have made long term. You know, just putting that emotional intelligence mm. as the pillar. I love that. I really like that. Yeah, it's and uh, that's exactly right. And you know, it's a it's a key it's a key trait that. Uh, that employers are looking for in employees. You know, they are looking for emotional intelligence because increasingly we are working collaboratively in teams. And so it's it's just so vital. So when you are um, when you were a bit stressed, as we all have been over the last couple of years, and what um, tends to push your boundaries? So I, I mean, part of the remarkable woman is all about. Um, we know business can be challenging at times, but it's those times that we really step up that I perceive makes us remarkable. So I'd love to know, you know. How do you know that when you're really being pushed or at the edge of your comfort zone and what do you do to help yourself through that? I know that I'm being pushed. I can feel it in my gut. It gets really tight. You know, I get that kind of like, whoa. It's, uh, and, and possibly, you know, waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning going, right, what we need to do is this, this, and this. And, I, you know, that's when I kind of know I'm being really pushed out of my comfort zone. Um what what do I do? Uh, the benefit of a bit of a few years and a bit of wisdom and and having spent some time with incredible people is I um, have a a daily practice. I practice gratitude every morning. Um, I also have learned a lot about resilience, and you know I guess knowing that uh, if it's a difficult time, if it's a time of real stress. Uh, and it's uh, you know it's it's uh, potentially impacting negatively, knowing that it's not permanent and it will pass. Um, and I guess the other thing I have started to do is instead of beating myself up about uh, when things haven't gone so well, is um, actually looking for the opportunity and the learning and 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 that, and focusing mostly on that. So, yeah, that's been really helpful. And the other thing that's been helpful is having a business partner that I can have a wee cry with and, and a rant to. So that is definitely, <laughs> definitely a big help. I love that. It keeps it real, doesn't yeah, it? You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. come on, guys, we've got to keep it real. Yeah. And, you know, like because both you and Sharon, this is a new business, even though between the combined, you're, you've got a wealth of experience behind you both. But, yeah. but you know, this is a relatively new business for you guys. So it's, It is. Yeah, it's really yeah. new. And that, and that is definitely pushing us outside our comfort zones. We've never, you know, we've never done that. We've always, um, you know, ha- been employed by somebody else, kind of. And even even when you're operating at a reasonably sen- senior level, you're still being driven by somebody else's agenda to a large extent. So yeah, so this is us, you know, uh, charting a course for our own agenda, and that was weird to begin with honestly that was the weirdest feeling waking up every day going ah right it's up to me to what to decide what I'm going to do today and tomorrow and the next day and so yeah I think um that took a lot of adjusting I have to say wow so have you got a strategy that you can share of how you did that do you just you know um yeah how have you both because you're communicating with someone else as well so you know you you can't necessarily be your own 
um, worst employee or best boss. Like I'm <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. So we we did we we did learn lean. I should say we lent on um, the the things that we know that have supported our success in the past, like actually figuring out um, you know what what it is that we that we want to achieve this year and then breaking that down into okay what so what would that look like in the next three months um and so let's focus on that for the next three months and then let's have a kind of a review of that so yes good um good planning um good communicating and also being um being very targeted in what we do not trying to do too much all at the same time Uh, and i guess that's the benefit of my last role before I um, started Ant with Sharon was I was um, working for an economic development agency. So, you know, helping businesses grow. And so certainly, you know, you kind of learn a lot about what it takes to grow a business. Um, learning and doing are two different things, I have to say. <laughs> knowing and doing, I should say. Knowing and doing are two different things. But, you know, being able to, to, to know that, in fact, don't try, you know, we're a tiny business. We need to be niche. We need to be clear about what it is that we stand for and we need to be very targeted. So, you know, that, and it's, it's helpful that both of us are, are completely on the same page with that. I love that. That's really cool. And another question that I love to ask too, because, you know, having three daughters, as I just mentioned as well, it's like if you could go back and, and talk mm-hmm. to your younger self, what advice would you give her? I would tell my younger self to do yoga. Because I have to say, <laughs> I'm practicing yoga now and I am having to undo, work very, very hard to undo some terrible postural patterns that I've learned over the course of my adult life. And so, oh, if I could tell my 18-year-old self to start practicing yoga and not get into those terrible postural patterns, that would be a really, really good thing. Um, just make I, me sit up straight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, the other thing I think I would tell her to do is um, don't try and do everything yourself. I um, am a really independent person and it took me a long time to learn the lesson to ask for help. Um, I always, I did feel like I had to, to know the answers and do things, you know, do, do it by myself and prove that I could, I guess that's probably was my motivation, but actually you don't have to. And you will get a way better result if you actually ask for help and bring other people alongside you. We're talking about experience and everything. And, and I like, you know, when we talked also about how, you know, what's the crazy plan. So, you know, if you could have dinner with three people that will be so outside the box, who would you choose? Um, and they can be alive or dead as well. And we're, we're having some really cool answers. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm very curious just to, to see who people would love to, to spend some time with. Oh, well, it's not that crazy, but I would love to to have uh, dinner with my grandmother. She died when I was 10 and I didn't, so I didn't really know her and I would have loved to have known her as an adult. She was an amazing grandmother for, you know, for me as a, you know, up to 10. Um, and by all accounts, it sounds like an incredible woman, but yeah, it would be, it would be so wicked to have, you know, the opportunity to have a chat with her. She had miles of style and, um, and very uh, sharp intellect. So, I'm sure she would be a, a, a really engaging uh, dinner party guest. Um, I, I think um, Mahatma Gandhi would be somebody that 
I would, and and I know how to cook vegan and vegetarian, so that would be you know at least he'd have a meal he'd probably be able to eat and enjoy. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, I, he just uh, inspires me with just I don't know you know there are very few world leaders who have achieved what he achieved through uh, peaceful means. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, he, he, I, I would love, I could probably, I'd be hanging off every word he says. And then, and then because you'd want to have a good party, I'd probably have David Bowie there. <laughs> and he, he, um, I thought about Prince actually, I thought he would be, but I, he's very moody evidently, you know, and, um, and I don't know that he, and quite self-obsessed. I don't think he would be such a great dinner party guest, but I think David <laughs> Bowie would get the party going. And what I love about him is he's he's a guy who um I watched a documentary about him and all of the musicians said they loved working with him but that he wasn't the most talented musician but yet he managed to spark creativity in them and also so he kind of managed a creative process and but without necessarily being the most talented person in the room and I actually would love to have a conversation with him as to how he did that so that would be my that would be my three picks. Well, they're a really interesting, interesting bunch of people. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's it's fascinating. Um, just who we um, who we all choose, and and for all of you know, we've all got such different reasons why as well. Mm. And um, well, my last question, which I love to ask everyone, you know, sometimes makes them squirm, and, and sometimes doesn't. But you know, value is an inside job, and so um, and this is all about being remarkable. And all of the things you've described um, does make you remarkable. And um, but I'd love to hear it from you. I mean, what's most remarkable about what you do and who you are? The fact that you are asking this question, I think, is wonderful. So thank you for giving um, the people you talk to on this program the opportunity to talk about that. Um, what makes me remarkable? I'm courageous. I think that um, I don't necessarily walk the most obvious path. Certainly, um, chucking a fantastically well-paid job, and you know, with a great <laughs> boss and a great culture and a great team, and you know, to go and do, you know, to to run a business um, with all that, the risk and 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 the stress that goes with that is probably um, not the safest um, route. And I don't think I've ever really particularly walked the safest route. And route, and I know that I've never been the person who would stand by and let crappy things happen without saying something. So I think probably courage is uh, uh, part of what makes me remarkable. And I get lots of feedback from people who say that I'm really positive and an incredibly optimistic person. And that positivity, um, that what could be possible in this and that optimism to be able to make change and make things happen uh, is infectious, evidently. So um, I'm so happy that that's the experience that people have um, when they work alongside me or um, are a friend. So, yeah, I think that's probably another thing that is a, a, a feature of me. Beautiful. That is definitely remarkable. So thank you so much for joining me today. We've been speaking with Susie Marsden from Amped Careers and learning a lot about what goes into designing change and actually also thinking outside the square and just being 
well, I love the word you use to describe you, just being a little courageous, especially when life throws a few curveballs at us, which it does. So, Susie, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really appreciated speaking with you. I've loved it. Thanks, Mandy. Thank you for listening to Remarkable Woman Radio. For more episodes and more details of today's show, please go to remarkablemindset.com. Let me ask you, what makes you remarkable?